Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate you guys, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right, right way, the trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffeehouse or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It's sort of weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Sunflower. Yep, I've been to Sunflower a few times. It's, it was quite a trek back in the day when – Winston Academy played North Sunflower. Ooh, that's a long the, drive. Uh, back in the playoffs. In the yeah. It was. It was a long drive. Goodness but in a, a very exciting ball game. Did y'all win? Yes, we did. I think I think we were down by like three touchdowns or something, like or two or three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Our starting quarterback got hurt. And the backup quarterback got hurt as well. So a ninth grader went into the ball game. And won it? It was like it was it was an incredible story. Like you know, as kids at these games, we used to play football on the sides yeah. all the time and stuff like that. Me and my buddy sat there and watched that whole fourth quarter, and that was like – it drew us in. And that was like a legendary moment in Winston Academy history. I know that everybody's kept up with Winston Academy football history over the years and is really excited about stories of the past there. But, uh, <laughs> that happened. yeah, that, that was that – was that's what I remember about uh, Sunflower. There you go. Well, wherever you live in this great state of ours, you can always get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, place your order, be shipped right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter, they've got you covered at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com, that's the place to find Mississippi State merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else because nobody else has the great selection they do at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Another week, which means another great week at Humble Taco, which means if you're looking for Mexican food, but you're looking for something different, you don't want the same old, same old. You need to head to Humble Taco. Whatever kind of eaters are in your family, if you're looking, you got the picky eaters, if you got the gluten-free, the keto, the vegetarians, the vegans, or if you just got people like me who just want to eat good tacos, Humble Taco is the place to go. Head over to University Drive, grab a seat out there on the patio, and enjoy some great Mexican food that you can't get anywhere else. It's only at Humble Taco. Make Firehouse Subs your choice for lunch today. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. This weekend, they were giving away free subs to teachers. I mean, that's a great cause right there. Everybody can get behind that. Make sure you follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter, at Firehouse Subs, and you can maybe your profession or your name or Maybe even your blood type. I don't know. I don't know how they would check for that. But you could be getting a free sandwich. So you should check it out. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flow and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. We'll get the uh, the white elephant out of the way here. Robbie and I are recording at the start of the Ole Miss-Oklahoma game, so we don't know how that's going to turn out. Should we, yes, try, we should we try a jinx here and offer a preemptive congratulations to the Ole Miss Rebels? 
by the time you're listening to this, Ole Miss is already dogpiled and mm. and all that. I mean, there's what what's the point of even pretending? being alive? <laughs> oh well. Yeah, you know, uh, it's just one of those things where you, you we've seen it time and time again. A team gets to a point where they're just locked in. That's where and Ole nothing, Miss is right now, and that and that's what happened with Ole Miss. And I feel like that that was Mississippi State in 2018. But that team just wasn't talented, as talented and enough to knock off a, you know, Oregon State, which had kind of a, you know, loaded roster mm-hmm. of juniors and seniors and stuff like that. This this Ole Miss team, I mean, you kind of saw this coming too, after COVID, didn't you? You know, you brought well, back wait. Tim Elko, you brought yeah. back Kevin Graham, and then they came back again after last season. When you at when you bring back that much experience. A lot of times, this kind of thing happens, and it's just it's very difficult. I mean, to stop that, and you got to give them credit. Top too. five for a reason. Yeah, this is a talented team. They just they put it all together, and I, I think you got to give a ton of credit to Mike Bianco not not just for handling the criticism, but the the way that they've brought this pitching staff together. Mm-hmm. Remember how bad that pitching staff was in the middle of SEC play, and Awful. and defensively too. Yeah. The defense kind of reminds me of what happened with State last year when they were just flawless when they got to the stage. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happening with Ole Miss. And you play clean defense and you pitch it well, you're going to win a lot of ball games. All right. Well, let's move on from that. Let's move into Mississippi State uh, talk here because God knows I'm going to have three hours of that later today on a Monday. I, wa- I wonder if, Rick, if Richard will actually purchase a Ric Flair robe. Has he got one? You know, and, and in fairness – Mm-hmm. Richard and Borky had to had to endure the same thing. About to, they had to go to the parade. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm already planning to go to Oxford this week for the parade. Have fun with that. Wear your yeah. blue shirt. Well, no, I thought I'm going to try. Uh, I, I may see if I can find some sackcloth. <laughs> uh, Joel Coleman, our good friend, uh, I asked him last night if he, he, him being a man of the church, if he knew where I could buy some sackcloth, and he found a link for me. So they make a, a sackcloth robe in my size. Do they? So I, I don't know much about the Cumberland Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. Do they wear any kind of sackcloth? Or no, I don't. I, I don't know where he found. I, I think, think they're a little more. I think they're a little more towards the Baptist side than they are the Presbyterian side. Yeah, I don't know how. I know all the that Presbyterians works. can get in. Can get you know a lot, a lot more similar to the. Well, I don't know. I, maybe I'm thinking Methodist. I, I don't. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just saying I'm gonna. You know, sackcloth and ash, and go up there and wail and gnash my teeth. And can you do the what's what's the the incense or whatever that they? Yeah, yeah, some incense. I thought do about buying, Do you know what a solice is? I thought about buying one of those. And uh, just go, just go over to everyone and just flick the uh, the holy water on holy them. Water tell them the power them. power of Christ compels you. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, all right. So Robbie and I was it Friday that we had this. Maybe yes. discussion's not the right word. It might be argument. We had an argument. It was in the middle of, it was in the middle of Top Gun, Brian, and you, I just I was so triggered by your response. Were you what? You I, were at the movies texting? Yes. You're the worst kind of person. Put your phone down. We were at the t- very top of the of the play. There was nobody around us. Just saying. Anyway. Plus, I'd already seen Top Gun before. All right, all right. And it came upon the, the the discussion started with the news that LSU was picking up the uh, the commitment from Tommy Tanks. Uh, NC State's Tommy White, and Vanderbilt's Christian Little. And I just made the comment that I'm starting to get a little nervous here. 
that we we sort of talked about this back in the beginning of the month that if by this point state hadn't loaded up on some transfers i was going to be nervous well here we are state has gotten three transfers two of them proven players at the they're at a lower level but still proven players and i think after what we saw this year with sonny deshera and with rj yeager that you can't you can't discount those guys you can't just say well you know it feels like you you feel confident that's going to translate. State's other guy, as we said on this show, is a project. And maybe State can afford to take him, you know, because if, if you get a guy who throws 95, 96, 97, it's worth the try. But that's it. Meanwhile, one of their SEC rivals has been really good in the transfer. LSU picked up three big-time guys last week. Um. Ole Miss is playing for a national title. AM is at was at the College World Series. Auburn was at the College World Series. Arkansas was at the College World Series. Alabama kind of is what Alabama is and never going to be good. But Robbie, I'm I'm a little nervous for two reasons. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. One, one of the things you said to me was, well, state was just never in the game for Tommy White. That's unacceptable to me. That's unacceptable. Well, the- I'm not going to say unacceptable. Uh, I don't know how many people are spending the kind of money that LSU spending. Let me finish. It's unacceptable because I want to put Mississippi State as a program, as one of the best programs in the country. And you can't even get a foot in the door. Imagine if you said the same thing about Georgia football. And I think Georgia football is a good comparison to Mississippi State baseball. Finally got off the schneid and won the national title last year. Great recruiting. Great facilities, all this stuff, right? I get that. Can you imagine if, if there was a, you know, if Georgia needed uh, an offensive tackle and there was a can't miss offensive tackle in the portal and it was just, oh, well, we couldn't get in the game with him? You never say that under any circumstances. So that bothers me. The other thing that bothers me is the thing I keep reading is, well, state's waiting for the draft. They're waiting to see who gets drafted. And then, the, are you telling me that state's not after any talented freshmen or sophomores? No, I don't just believe, I don't believe that. And seniors? I think that's a big-time excuse that's getting thrown out there for some reason. I don't buy that for a second. Robbie, you try to explain to me why I shouldn't be nervous that on June 26th, 27th, the, tra- the transfer train hasn't come to start for yet. Well, that's not true. They've, they've already picked up three transfers. You know full well um, that they need nine or ten. I agree, but uh, we're acting like State hasn't already done something in the portal. That's okay. That's my issue. I mean, they, they have already gotten three players, two that I think are really going to be impact players, and we'll see on the other one he's got the stuff to do it, but we don't know. Yes, they absolutely have got to nail it here in the next few weeks. And, I mean, it's not – the draft is not the end for Mississippi State. I mean, the, the, there's just a certain time where these guys have got to be in the portal, but State is still working behind the scenes trying to get some guys – guys uh in and uh you know i've been with you through this if they do not add some impact guys uh the rest of the way then that is a scary situation for mississippi state because i don't know that they have the guys coming in that's going to drastically improve what they were able to do last year or what they didn't do um so i mean you've got to add some impact players and there's one big name out there that mississippi state's in the game for and paul Skeens. And I've been told that Mississippi State will not lose him through NIL. They, they have the, 
that have the ability to get him. Mm-hmm. So that's just going to be a, a recruiting battle. But for those of you who don't know, I mean, I know not everybody follows uh, baseball recruiting as as much as they should. Paul Skeens is a outstanding baseball player from the Air Force Academy, a first team All American this this past season. Just a tremendous player for them, uh, catcher and right handed pitcher. I would imagine. I'm trying to just looking at his at his win loss. I, I would think he's probably coming to pitch, but he could probably be a two way player. He hit 314 last season, uh, had 13 home runs, just a really really good baseball player. Well, and here's the thing: it all makes sense for Mississippi State and and Skeens. Mm-hmm. You need a Friday night guy. He can be your Friday night guy. And that's not saying Cade Smith can't, but those two can battle it out for it. One of them is going to be Friday. One of them is going to be Saturday. Um, and, you know, I would lean towards – And if he wants to, to hit, you need a catcher. You need a catcher, an experienced catcher that can come in. And, you know, if Luke Hancock does come back, which that's still out there, I don't have any confirmation one way or the other that it's going to happen. But I think it's just kind of a wait and see with the draft. Mm-hmm. If Hancock go, does come back, he might can spell him in the middle of the week or something, so you don't have to throw the freshman Ross Highfield or Bryce Hubbard out there. So, I mean, it just makes sense. Tennessee has has pitching. They don't have a whole lot of spots. LSU has pitching. Um, so, I mean, for Mississippi State, this should be an easy sell. And if you have the money to, to get him involved in the NIL, it should be an, a slam dunk for Mississippi State. Um, and uh, he was on campus, so you've been able to show him the facilities and all that. I mean, Mississippi State's facilities right now are second to none. You have a national championship in your back pocket. You have playing time. You have some NIL money. I mean, this should be Mississippi State's guy, and we'll, we'll wait and see if he is. But that's kind of the big one I'm, I'm waiting for, Brian. I mean, if, he, if they miss on him, then this is a big problem for State. But if they get him, and then you have a few more other guys out there that I think can be good contributors for Mississippi State, both in, in the field and pitching as well, that I'm not sure what the, all the angst is about. I think, I think the issue is, and I think it happens a lot of places, but especially at Mississippi State, it just seems like when things are going well at other places and there's not a lot of positive momentum, it's just automatically – the pressure is on Mississippi State to do something because everybody thinks the sky's falling. Well, and I, me, I don't think that's the—I don't think that's necessarily the case right now. But let me let I me think, explain why I, I feel this way. Last year, one of the things we heard was, "Well, State playing so late in the season hurt them in terms of getting into the transfer portal and getting some impact guys." Okay, I mean, I don't have a problem believing that. It makes sense, right? This season has been over for well over a month now. And, and, and they're, they're not three guys. They've got three guys when they need nine or ten. I know, and that, I mean, they feels like they should have players. And then, but for the other side of the coin is LSU season ended two weeks ago, and within one week they have three of the top targets in the transfer portal signed up. Well, let me tell you, Mississippi State does not have the NIL funds right now that LSU does. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Right? No, I know that they they could not they they couldn't touch what Tommy Tanks was going to get to LSU. And that's not a Mississippi State thing. That's the LSU thing. I mean, they have they have some things in place that are far more intriguing from a, a monetary value, which I thought was silly whenever people – whenever, you know, I mentioned when he transferred, he was going to get a ton of NIL money. 
and some of those North Carolina State people, Florida State people, and people like that came in and said, well, this isn't about money. And here we go. This guy's going to get probably well over six figures worth of NIL funds from LSU. And, uh, you know, Christian Little, that kind of is what it is. I'm, I'm not sure how much State was pushing him. He hasn't, he hasn't really just been super impressive. He's got some nice stuff, but, you know, I don't know how much State was push, pushing him. And, you know, I, I hear the people, and he's better than a lot of guys on this roster. I agree with that, but I, I just – it wasn't, wasn't a good fit. But if you were a fan and you're wanting to, uh, you know, cast blame or, or be upset about all this, the only thing I can tell you to do is give more money to the NIL because that's what, that's what we're dealing with at this point. Mississippi State's got to have money. And that, I mean, unfortunately, that's what the sport has become. That's what it's all about for a lot of kids out there. State's got to be able to compete in the NIL. It's no longer about who has the best facilities, playing time, and stuff like that. A lot of these guys are looking for money. As we're sitting here, or maybe not as we're sitting here, but earlier uh, today or late last night, it looks like Ole Miss has picked up a transfer from Florida, Nick Pogue, one of their, one of their premium pitchers. Good pitcher for, for them. He's going to Ole Miss, so maybe that's He's one of their premium pitchers. He's a good pitcher. He's got good stuff. I mean, he have under a five under an average. If he did, he could have started Mississippi State in on Friday night. You threw that at me for Christian Little on on Friday. Like, if your ERA is under five, you would have been Mississippi State's best pitcher. But you said premium pitcher, though. He's like you're acting pitcher. like the guy's, uh, you know, a first round draft pick. And he had an under an average just under five. I'm not, we're not talking about Mississippi State. We're talking about Florida. And you said he was one of their premium pitchers. He's a good pitcher. And this guy out of high school was Let's a. See. He was, was one, two, three, four, five, ten. Six. He was an, he was the eleventh best pitcher on their staff. So that doesn't. What's your what's your definition of premium? Because that see, doesn't sound like what you premium. do. And this is something you do that annoys me. You take one word. Like, are you going to argue the guys a, a good? But here's pitcher? something that you do that annoys me, Brian. Okay, this is unacceptable. What are you going to do about it? Is if this unacceptable? I, I rarely what, say you give money to the NIL. If if this is unacceptable, that means you are going to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So you figure out an issue to get. Well, to I'm fix telling you right it. now that it is unacceptable, and if it doesn't get fixed at the end of next year, we're going to be having a, a hot a hot board set up. Okay, well, uh, you go back to back losing seasons of- after winning a national title with your rival winning one in there as well. You're not going to hold on to your job. No, I'm not going to say that. Oh, I, I, I don't know I what. Are you John Cohen? Are you making the decisions? Obviously not. But then, then that's that's a that that's a that's an opinion of yours. Well, then that's going to be a really empty stadium in 2024. Okay, but anyway, back to, to the, spread out. Back to Nick Pogue. I mean. 37 strikeouts and 39 innings. I mean, I like. I, I guess he's he's better than players on Mississippi State's roster. But what's that saying? Mississippi State had the worst pitching staff in the SEC. So I don't. I, I don't understand. I mean, in his first year back after Tommy John, I, that's a that's not a bad season. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll be solid. I, don't, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we're, that's that's not something to freak out about. My point is that being in the like World Series and playing for a national championship isn't slowing Ole Miss down from getting transfers. And uh, I mean, Mississippi State has already gotten transfers, and they've been recruiting. They hosted probably one of the best guys in the portal 
two weeks ago. So is I he mean, committed? Is he committed to anybody else? No. Okay. So the Mississippi State's in the same spot as LSU is for him, and Tennessee is for him, and whoever else. So why should state fans feel good about him coming in if you just said that? I didn't say they should. I didn't say they should. Did you completely miss what I said earlier? Well, I get what you, I heard what you said, but I'm saying if I said if you it don't should get be, him, who cares? I know. I said it should be a, a Mississippi State should win this battle. It should go in Mississippi State's favor. Everything says that it should. Now Mississippi State has to win that battle. And I said if they don't get him, then there are some issues. There are some problems here, and Mississippi State is in trouble in the transfer portal. But if you get him, then what's the point of this conversation? Well, if you get him, great. But the problem is you need four or five more like him. Agree, but, I mean, why are we, you know, freaking out at this point? Because, why, are we starting, why are we starting to say that Ramona's job is Because that's what we said a month ago. We said a month ago that if, by this point, there weren't a bunch of transfers and three is not a bunch in the boat, then I was going to be wondering what the heck was going on. Uh, I w- I'm not going to be, you know, ju- I, I'm not casting any judgments just yet. I'm going to wait and see what they do here. Now, if they completely whiff or they get some guy, a bunch of guys that are just this not about, setting the world on fire, then that's an issue. It's, this isn't about casting judgment. This is about I'm nervous. This is about you're, not, you're beyond nervous. You're, I mean, you're saying you, you've said that Lamonis's job is, is now on the line. If he doesn't fix the problems that, that were cropped up this season, if he finishes last in the SEC two seasons in a row, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's I would a say pretty that. big, that's a pretty big if. If they don't get, I, I can take it from if they don't get transfers in to fill up all the holes on the roster, then yeah, it's a pretty easy leap to they're going to finish last again. That's doomsday scenario, though. Like we get, I, I will say this: you, a friend of mine you, made this point, and this is there's no way you can disagree with this. If the transfer portal wasn't a thing, Mississippi State would be completely screwed right this second. Yeah, but I don't know if. Uh, well, I mean, from the developmental standpoint, that they would be in trouble. Like the roster, if if they just don't think any of these guys can do it. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think they would have been so gung ho and cleaning house. Well, they couldn't have been. There was no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they might have been – I mean, you, you could have de- – I mean, maybe you could have developed those players. I don't know. That's a big if. I mean, that, they obviously saw something there that said these guys aren't going to cut it. But, yeah, I mean, that is, that is true. I mean, yeah. if, if you didn't have this basically free agency here, you're in trouble. And that's why, you know, I've, I've thought – I've been positive about Mississippi State going out and getting some really good players that can help them turn this thing around quickly. And, uh, I mean, you're justified in your worry. There's no doubt. Right. But, I mean, can, can they get a little bit of benefit of the doubt here? Like, can, can we just say, like, let's wait and see? But I've been waiting for a month. Well, I mean, you can – I just expect uh, it more. I teams mean, are going to be waiting for another month. Yeah, apparently so. And so we'll see, see how it turns out. It's got to turn around, though. You've got to go get five or six more quality players pitchers and hitters to have any chance to be better next year. It's just, it's just that simple. And if you're not, then there's going to be hard questions. How did you squander the momentum of a national championship? That's a, that's a realistic question. You were the national champions. You, you have the best facilities, the most fan support, and now you finish last 
You finished last this season, and we'll have to see what this season brings. And if it's not better, if State's not in <laughs> improved, there's going to be hard questions. Well, I think you know the the answer to the to the question about last season can be easily, you know, justified by saying we had a bunch of injuries, we had you know this and that. I mean, I don't think that's I don't think it's you know all I don't I didn't think that was all on the coaching staff. I think the I wheels just kind of fell off. I didn't either, but can't fire the players. No, but you can. I mean, a new roster. You gonna? Well, that's what they're gonna have to try to do here. So, we'll see I mean, what happens in the next couple. Look, of look, I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. I hear everybody else that's you know kind of getting antsy here. Yeah. I understand it completely. I just think that you know I don't think it's it's quite time to panic. I think what? there's still some there's still some irons in the fire. There's still several guys that are kind kind of on the back burner a little bit. But there's no doubt they're going to have to rehaul this off this um, this roster. And the draft isn't until July 17th. I mean, are we really supposed to believe that it's going to be another 20 days before Mississippi State I, can start getting getting? Uh, no, I don't. That that might be the case for a couple of guys that they're after, but I don't think that that's I don't think that's a reason that they haven't been you know hauling in guys right now. I don't I, either. I don't really buy that. I, I, I think that might be the like I said. I think that might be the case for like one or two guys that they're on, but I don't really see it. I I just think you need you need like one more outfielder. You need, um, and I still think you need a, a middle infielder, and then several pitch pitchers, another four or five. Yeah, exactly. And I, the time is running out. I mean, I'm I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I'm just not I'm not quite ready to throw in the towel on the monus. I I feel like maybe I should be clear on make it. I'm not I'm not shape. throwing in the towel. I'm well, just saying are. what you are. I am not throwing in the towel. I am saying that what I expected to happen hasn't happened. I thought people. I thought it was going to be as simple as this is Mississippi State baseball. They have the best in everything, and they have opportunity. You know, I well, can go there again, and start. We're dealing with a totally I, new landscape. Well, again, I thought that Mississippi State baseball had the best fan support. So then blame part of that is NIL. I thought that they, they would have money lined up for these guys. It doesn't appear that that's the case. There is, but you're bidding. You're basically bidding against probably you know one of the 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 most loaded baseball fan bases. Right in the country, I, and, LSU, I and Tennessee, who's going all in on on this now? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's well, I don't mind losing take a guy a, to it's LSU. It's take much more commitment. I don't mind losing a guy to LSU. All right, LSU is a premium program to use that word again. But to when you told me they were never even in the game, I can't accept that. That that to me is not a good thing for be able to say this is a top player that you could have used. And you're supposed to be the one of the top programs in the country, and you can't even get a sniff. You can't well, even get the I mean, guy to come to campus and talk to you. I, I well, can't. here's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. Again, we we were talking about. Well, it was reported that he was definitely going to Florida State. Right. That's where he was going to end up. And then all of a sudden, he just commits to to LSU. That tells me that they gave him the Godfather offer. Well, that he just wasn't. There was nothing that. I mean, what what are you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, it's, there's a there's a certain point where you just can't pay that. And I think that's where Mississippi State is at this point. And that's like, 
you're right. I mean, this fan base is supposed to be one of the best or whatever. I mean, well, some of these guys have got to start uh, giving money to the NIL and not so much the Bulldog Club, I guess. Yeah. If that's where Mississippi State is, you need to start focusing your efforts on getting players here and less on uh, – are we going to build a better facility? I mean, un- unfortunately for the fans, if you want to see a good product, the players have to be out there. Gotta I mean, that this – I hate that, it's, that this is what it's become. But it is. It's only going to get worse before it gets better, but this is it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you – if you are uh, if you're one of those fans that's fed up with this, then you need to contact Charlie Winfield on Monday and and tell him you want to help because I'll, I'll say this: Charlie is is one of the only people in this fan base that's just saying screw this, I'm going to make something happen. Yeah, because nobody was doing an initiative like this. Yeah, and Charlie is on on the clock. You know, on the clock and off the clock at his regular job, losing money trying to put this thing together to get to make sure that Mississippi State is competing with the rest of the SEC. So that's that's where we are right now. And there's uh, on our website we have uh, Charlie stopped in on the board. If you want to go check that out, and yeah. and gave a lot of thoughts and and basically updated kind of where everything was. And he did mention in there that that the that the initiative is moving in the right direction. He didn't want to give the the impression that you know things are really bad right now for Mississippi State, but they've just got to have more. I mean, they that's where everything is. You're right. You are correct. We'll see. You we are correct, sir. We, <laughs> we need to get Charlie on with us soon, and then and have him talk a little more in, in detail about what's going on with the Bulldog Initiative. We'll do that soon. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef. It's what's for dinner. Beef is delicious. Beef is good for you. Beef is a great value. It's everything you want when you go to the grocery store. When you're putting a dinner together for your family or if you're planning a cookout with your friends, you want beef on the menu. Grab some steak, grab some burgers, grab it all. And do it with with talking to your butcher, talk to your meat market guys, find the great deals. They're always there for you. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. They went up a little bit in my estimation this week because Lee Battle agreed to tackle Brandon Walker. And I, I'm, I'm going to help with that. I'm going to drop the big leg on him. This whole, I want to, you know what? We're going to have to take a little side panel here. I blame Brandon Walker for all of this. He just decided he wanted to start following. No, no, no. That's not even something. that. I don't have a problem with what happened last year. That's fine. It's fine. But when Arkansas won that game on, what was that, Tuesday? That Tuesday? <laughs> Uh no, it was uh Thursday, wasn't it? Thursday, when Arkansas won. Yes. Okay. No, it was Wednesday. You're right. You're right. Thursday was the second one. He immediately started retweeting all the Mincy stuff. Yep. Like it's not over yet, Brandon. It's not over. You got to wait. You always have to wait until they're dead. Until it's dead. And so, what did he do? He he became what he mocked. I blame Brandon Walker for all of this. That being said. Brandon Walker's ever in town. And he wants to go to Two Brothers. I'm certainly down for that because Two Brothers is a fantastic place to go. Great people there. Great food. Great location. It's everything you want. Two Brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service. Everybody promises it. Who delivers on it? Well, here's an easy way to find it. Is your business been in, been around for 47 years? If not, well, I don't know. But Advantage Business Systems has been around that time, and you know. 
The only way to stay around that long is to take care of your customers. When you have business technology needs, when you need hardware, software, whatever it is, they've got you covered with the best brands. And then when you, those product problems crop up, which they always do, you're not talking to somebody across the ocean and they're sending out a service contractor from God knows where to get to you maybe in seven to 10 business days. You're talking to somebody here in this state who's going to take care of you within 24 to 48 hours and get you back up and running. That's the, the difference with Advantage Business Systems. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right, let's talk about some recruiting that is happening. All right, so Mississippi State football picks up the commitment. We talked about it on Friday's show that we 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 knew a commitment was coming, but couldn't give out the name. The name is Nakai Poole. A uh, 6'3", 205-pound receiver, three-star receiver out of uh, Norcross, Georgia. That is an area that has produced a ton of talent uh, through the years. A lot of offers for this kid of the Power 5 variety, and that's something, I, you know, obviously I look at. Auburn, uh, let's see here, Georgia Tech, uh, Michigan State, LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, Utah. I mean, good offers. Good offers for this kid. I don't think this is the guy people were thinking of, though, on uh, – on Friday when his commitment comes through, but it is regardless of that a, a good commitment. I saw a, a post on, on 24 seven that really made, it made me, it made me think, and I was like, this is a good point. I forget who said it. But I was like, I give you credit in, in Mike Leach's offense. When you talk about recruiting, you can't turn down premium receivers. They are so important to what you want to do that. If you have to sign five or six a year, you just sort of kind of have to do it because if a top notch receiver wants to commit, you kind of have to take them. Yeah, and this I like what I like about this guy is six three, Size, over yeah. two hundred pounds. He's going to be a, a a pretty big physical receiver. Mm-hmm. I lo- I love the difference in receivers that these guys have. Is I mean you'll have a big big tall rangy outside guy. You'll have a a guy kind of like Austin Williams that's just you know really good at um, shielding defenders and, and catching the ball, moving the chains. And then you'll have some guys that they've been recruiting the last two classes that are going to be kind of breakaway, big play threats. So there's so many different types of receivers in this offense. That's going to make it tough on opposing defenses to match up. Um, so I really like this guy. I'm a little surprised at his rating. Yeah. Um, just based on the – and it, I mean – The offers alone should have him close to four-star I'm really kind of upset at um, the fact that we just ranked him, mm-hmm. you know, and the dude has like 30 offers. Got an offer, early offer from LSU. And I mean, a lot of these offers are not committable now. I mean, right. we, we know how it works, mm-hmm. but they saw something in this guy. These schools like LSU and uh, Michigan State and Auburn, and teams like that. They saw something in this guy that said, we need to keep an eye on him. And just the fact that they're keeping an eye on him is is those are the kind of guys that you need to get. We always talk about that. And uh, Norcross, and, from what I know, Robbie, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Is they play top notch competition. That's they're pretty high up in the Georgia high school rate. So if he's producing against those guys, he's producing probably against some future D1 guys on his own right now. So feels like a quality commitment for Mississippi State. 
it's it's kind of funny to me how state's recruiting has gone under Leach. This time, his first year, 2020 offseason, class is ranked in the 50s. Last year, this time, the class is ranked in the top 10. Yeah. This year, it's back in the 50s. So, yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, a result of, as of right now, 24-7 in the composite, they don't have any four-star guys. The highest rated guy is Ty Jones, who is a three-star on the verge of four-star uh, based on his ratings. I'm pretty sure if I went to, like, if, if 24-7 set it up where I could look at it, uh, just on their ratings, I think for sure Ty Jones is a four-star guy, and I think Malik Ellis might be as well, but I could be wrong on that. And, we, you know, no ranking for the composite for Jalen Abram and mm-hmm. Kelly Jones, so yeah. that that hurts you too. Yeah. And but, those I mean, will come soon, but. Yeah, they've gone heavy in-state with a lot of these kids that are that nobody knows about outside of the state of Mississippi. I mean, nobody knows about these last three DBs that they picked up or – Ty Jones, although his his ranking is is solid, he's a four star in two four seven, mm-hmm. and I still think you know we're just we don't talk about him enough. I mean, from what I saw at Top Dog, I mean that guy was impressive physically, mm-hmm. um, and might end up at, on the defensive side of the ball on the next level. I'm not sure where he ends up, but that dude's really impressive. But um, it's it's a solid start. I mean, it's not one, it's not a class right now that's blowing you away, but it's a lot of good athletes. Um, yeah. They've really gone heavy on the athlete side because you look at every single dude on this list as a really good athlete, and um, that that's that's a good start. But you got to develop them. They get develop them, yeah. And and you know, still plenty of targets out there for Mississippi State. They still don't have their quarterback in the class, which you know that looks like that's going to. I guess it's going to develop one way or the other next weekend or. or yeah, this upcoming week with the uh, the Elite Eleven camp with Parson going there, and that's when he's supposed to, you know, for lack of a better term, break his silence. He hasn't done interviews uh, leading up to that camp. Um, and then, you know, on the offensive line front, that, that's what, another area that looks like it could be a strong class for Mississippi State with with a lot of good names there: Joe Crocker, Kobe Keenum, uh, Zay Alexander from Tupelo. These are all some some good offensive line prospects to go with Malik uh, Malik Ellis. So. I don't did think you, this, go ahead. Did you see where uh, Bray Hubbard committed to Alabama? Yeah, I, I expect his 24-7 ranking to jump up about seven spots now. I'm still I'm a, I'm a little surprised by that commitment. Not that he not that he committed to Alabama, that they took him this early. That's just that's, because that's right. That strikes me, Robbie. And I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. I you know, I read John Talty's book on Nick Saban, and he goes into some date some detail about Saban's recruiting process and and how they pick guys. This strikes me as a guy that Saban himself sees something in. Yeah. Because and I, listen, outstanding athlete. Yeah. Just to play feels like he, he can be a difference maker there for them. Yeah. It's just an you back. know, there's just there's no film on him at defensive back. Right. And that's um it's so that had to have been that was a like you said, a Nick Saban call. Mm-hmm. He saw him, and Nick Saban's pretty good with defensive backs, by the way. I, I, yeah, um, not a lot better. So, so I mean, he's uh, he is. If I trust anybody's evaluation, is his. I'm just. I was a little surprised that they took that this early, based on the fact that he hasn't played the position. But that tells me but they feel they, really they good about their evaluation. To, they know he's going to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. So, 
All right. Uh, before we get out of here, speaking of the state of Alabama and our friend John Talty, of course, is the editor over there at AL.com for sports. You were right. Got to give credit where credit is due. We talk, we've been talking about it for a while. You said that, it, that some media organization would put Mississippi State last. Now, media organization is kind of stretching it with this AL.com poll because it is a poll of the school's SIDs. It is, not, it is not their writers. It is not media. It is school SIDs. But Mississippi State predicted to finish last uh, in, that, uh, in that publication's preseason, uh, whatever you want to call it, the football report is what they're calling it. The way it broke down Mississippi State of the, uh, the votes they got. Hold on a second. They got uh, one vote for third, three votes for uh, fifth, two votes for sixth. The difference between them and Auburn was one point, and that's because Auburn got a fourth-place vote, and they didn't, and State didn't. Ole Miss, fifth, LSU, uh, fourth, Arkansas, third. A&M, a unanimous pick for second. Can't get behind that. And then Alabama, unanimous pick for first, and I certainly don't have a problem uh, with that with that discussion there. Um, this is what at SEC Media Days, it will be either Auburn or MSU. I agree in the bottom, and I it's I'm leaning towards Mississippi State. So, if we took the names off the helmets, right? We just said here is Team A and Team B. Team A beat Team B last year. At Team B's stadium. Team A finished fourth. The, team B finished last in the division. And then Team A returns more production than anybody else in the conference. There is no way you would vote for Team A over Team B. Team B over Team A. There's no way. On top of that. Line resume. Team B tried to fire their coach. Yeah, and I, don't even, I don't even the get boosters. into all that. So they have a they have a lame duck head coach. Yeah. You know they have two quarterback. They have no proven quarterback, no proven threats at wide receiver. They have a good running back. I'll give them that. But I just I just don't I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it. It is it is strictly and somebody tweeted at me about this. It is strictly the helmet sticker. It's just yeah. the M State versus the AU. I I, I guess this is something we're gonna have to, this is going to be another year I think where Mississippi State. Uh, is predicted to finish in that area and ends up finishing third or fourth, and everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, what happened?" You know, I always feel like I, I don't feel like state overachieves. I just feel like the beat writers around the conference underachieve. They're not they're not paying attention. This is every year, though. I mean, it is every year. It is. Every it's year. not surprising anymore. No, surprising isn't the right word for sure. So, see where it goes. All right. Let's uh let's look to tomorrow. Uh, we got Texas A and M coming up for our uh, SEC preview this week. We'll have the rumblings on Wednesday. Opponent preview on Thursday will be uh, the Auburn Tigers, as we were just talking about. That'll be an interesting uh, discussion. Uh, maybe some baseball recruiting. Maybe some football recruiting. I have for another- your sake. For your sake, I hope there's some baseball recruiting. I have another topic. That we'll get into, but some other things have to happen for us to have that topic. So, and I'll be honest with you, Robbie, I wholly hope, I really hope that we don't have to have that topic. But if we do, we do. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. Have a great uh, Monday. Robbie, now I'll be back with you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.